Okay, we're not going to talk about that at all now. We're going to be looking at um, what I try and do periodically is to remind us as a church what we're about and where we're going, which is what we're going to do today. I want to review our to-do list for the year, which we set out in January, and a whole bunch of stuff has happened, and it's good just to take stock and remind us of what God's done so we can give thanks to him, but also reset our eyes as we move to the future. I don't know about you, but my mind, um, I easily forget things. If it's not always at the forefront of my mind, it can always be pushed to the back, memories can fade, and so it's always good to kind of come back and actually remind ourselves of the important things, what we're doing, why we're here, what we're about. So I want to just take us through some things today to kind of reset where we are. We're sort of a third of the way through the year, what's been happening, what we're about. First thing I want to talk about is our purpose, what we're about as a church, which we write up every week. We've got our banner over here, um, what we're about as a church. I already mentioned that in the introduction, we're all about Jesus. We're all about him. We're all about making his name known, making his name great. We believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the model of Jesus, and changing our world with Jesus. It's all about him. If you could sum us up in a word as a church, Jesus. And it all begins with having a personal relationship with Jesus. You've got to know Jesus. And that's what we're about. We're about communicating that. And I know many of you here have that. And I want to re-emphasize that again today. That's the most important thing. That's the most important relationship in your life. If you're not a believer here, I want to say we're going to give you an opportunity at the end maybe to come and get to know him for yourself. We're going to talk about some of the things that God's been doing in getting to know people in and around us through this time. But for us as a church, that's number one. And as a result of a relationship with Jesus, if we know Jesus and we're spending time with Jesus, the inevitable happens. We become more like him. We are transformed, it says, from one degree of glory to the other. We end up following his model. We act and look more and more like Jesus, which is what, we're kind of what our plan and purpose is. We saw this when we looked through the Freedom in Christ course. That's God's kind of aim for our life, that we become more and more and more like him, bit by bit, as we grow in maturity and grow in faith. Then as a result of that, as we become more and more like Jesus, hopefully we will affect the world around us. Every place we find ourselves, our homes and our families and our friends and our workplaces and our social settings and just the strangers we bump into as life connects, we will have an effect on them. We will transform our world bit by bit, step by step for the glory of Jesus. That's what we're about as a church and that's our ultimate aim. That's what everything we kind of build towards is about as a church. So our purpose is all about Jesus is all about getting to know Jesus, which we kind of go on and on about, and we hope you've kind of grasped that. But actually, where are we going as a church? What we're about, every church is different, every group of people is different, and we have a particular direction as a church that we've set our hearts on, that we believe God has spoken to us about, which is what I will spend a bit more time kind of unpacking today just to remind us that we have a conviction about. And we believe, as it says over here, that we're to be a large, influential, reproducing church. That's what we believe God's called us to from when the first moment we set out on this journey five years ago, just over five years ago, we sat in a room and there was just a handful of us and we said, what has God called us to as a people? And we felt God had said would be a large, influential, reproducing church. And we believe that as the conviction of what that God said to us, but we also, more importantly, we, when we read God's word, the Bible, when we read it out, we actually found that was actually God's plan for his people. That was actually God's plan for his people. It was nothing new, it was nothing excellent that we'd come up with, some great idea we'd thought about. And if you take the big story of the Bible, the big meta-narrative, God has always wanted a people for himself. It began in, in the garden, didn't it? It had Adam and Eve. What's the first thing God said to Adam and Eve once he'd created them? Everything was good, nothing bad had happened. What did he say to Adam and Eve? Multiply, 
fill the earth, subdue it. So in essence, make more. There's two of you, I want more. Two's not enough. So he's like creating more and more. So that's what he said to them. Then we have the fall, Genesis chapter 3, everything goes wrong, and it's all getting very messy in the world. Then God again appears in Genesis chapter 12 to a man named Abraham. And he says to Abraham, he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you, Abraham, and I'm going to be your God, and I'm going to make your descendants like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And if you've ever done that, I've been away um, with the family for a few days and we were in North Wales there's no light pollution when you went outside guess what there were a lot of stars in the sky and we were on the beach one day in the driving wind um, and there's a lot of sand on the seashore and that was only one very small beach so God said I'm going to make your descendants like that Abraham I'm going to mow that and then we follow the story through and he says God, I, God says to Abraham I'm going to make your, your children like a great and mighty nation they're going to be massive. And we, we look through that story when we preached through Genesis um, last year with the story of, Ab- um, sorry, of Joseph. If you have Abraham, who has a son, Isaac, who has a son, Jacob, who has two, but Jacob. Then Jacob has 12 sons, one of them being Joseph. And then they have many, many more sons and they become this great and mighty nation. And we have the story in Exodus where Moses comes and he leads them out um, to, of Egypt to the promised land. And suddenly they're a nation themselves, the people of Israel. And so God's promise to Abraham is, is coming to fulfillment, saying, look, here is the great nation. We have the great kings of Israel, David, who slew Goliath, and his son Solomon, who ruled that. But then it all kind of, kind of started to go wrong after that. The nation split. But then you have the prophets come and speak into this. And part of their, their, their words to the nation was that you need to repent and turn back to God. But at the same time, they were saying to the, to the people there, he said, it's not just about you. God loves you and God is for you, but actually there's a bigger plan and purpose here. And it says you need to be a light to all the other nations, the Gentiles. That's everyone else who wasn't a Jew, all the Gentiles. You're a light to them. You should be growing and you should be shining something of God to them. And it says in Isaiah that actually this, the, the, the mountain of the Lord will become the chief among all the mountains and the nations of the world will stream to it. That actually it's not just about you, the ethnic kind of physical descendants of Abraham is something about so much bigger than that so much bigger than that there's there's something bigger coming that will involve all the nations of the world something bigger and larger and we follow the story through and who comes along John the Baptist the kind of the last of the the prophets in the Old Testament line he's saying one is coming the one is coming he's going to bring in this great kingdom that's been talking about and then Jesus comes along and he he proclaims the message and he says he says you know the kingdom of God is now is at hand and he dies and he rises from death and he says to his followers that he's gathered go where go into all all the nations of the world make disciples of all nations it's now breaking out of this one place it's been in it's going to go everywhere I want you to tell everyone then we read on in the New Testament and we get to the letter of the Galatians that the Apostle Paul writes and he says that if you are by faith in Jesus you are an heir to that promise of Abraham so when Abraham looked in the sky and saw the stars guess what you and I were one of them Because by faith in Christ, we become heirs to that promise. So we're part of that. All believers all around the world who have faith in Jesus and trust in Jesus are part of that great promise that was given to Abraham thousands of years ago. So we're all part of that, this growing people of God. And then if we flick um, to the end of the story, to the book of Revelation, it says this. The Apostle John has a image and it says, After this I looked and behold... A great multitude that no one could number from every nation and all tribes 
and people and languages. I think that's pretty much all-encompassing, isn't it? Nations, tribes, people and languages. That basically covers everyone. What were they doing? They were standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God has always wanted a people for himself and he's always wanted that people to grow and multiply and touch the nations of the world. And it's not something new we've come on. We believe that's what God wants. He wants a people that is ever growing numerically as more and more people come to know Jesus. And this nation is one of those nations. And this nation has many other nations in it, people who've come to this nation, like most of the nations of the world. And we want everyone to know about Jesus. So we believe God has called us to be a large church. And this has been borne out in some of the things God specifically said to us as a group of people. God has continually spoken to me many in the many years I've been walking with him about being part of something that would grow and multiply and be large. I remember one of my birthdays, I think it was my 30th, um, where a lady turned up to my, our house, a party, we were having a little party at our house. I was um, getting older and they gave me presents and she brought this one that was a plate from John Lewis that was huge, it's about this big. This massive plate, and she'd wrapped it up, and then she came and gave it to me. And when you open, I don't know what you're like when you open birthday presents that you don't really expect or want or like. How do you, what face do you pull? When, they, when you get something you like, you're like, hey, that's fantastic, thank you so much. When you get the one that's like, what the heck is this? You have to pull the face of, oh, thank you. What the heck were you thinking? And so I had to do that, and on it, she'd written in a kind of a, a pen, um, God is going to give you a bigger plate. And I was like, what? And she said, I was, I was wondering what to buy, and I felt God speak to me, and, she said, and God said, go find the biggest plate you can. So I went into John Lewis in Cambridge, and I found the biggest plate I could, which was massive, he said. And I felt God say, you're going to have a bigger plate. What you've got now, God, is going to grow and multiply and be bigger. And I was like, I like this plate now. <laughs> this is a good plate to have that we've got. And I felt God say, and he's been saying that to us ever since, when I am... Um, uh, we're in our previous church and we were kind of being involved in leadership. One of the other elders came up and prayed over us and he basically made me take off my shoes and he, um, he, he brought all these little pairs of shoes and he had the little tiny baby ones like they're so cute like this big and then he had some bigger ones because he had older kids and then he put my ones at the end which are size 10 big things and he laid them all out and he basically says, God is going to give you bigger shoes to walk in. Where you go, whatever God's called you, he's going to give you bigger shoes. And the ones you're wearing now aren't big enough. They're going to get bigger. And I'm like, whoa, God, what are you saying? And then when we came to plant the church here, um, we just had our first son, Levi, um, who had been born. And if you knew him, if you know him, he's a bit of a chunky lad, very tall, very strong. And uh, from the get-go when he was born, he was always big. He was always a big boy, very active, very energetic. And when you have a baby, you get this red book, which becomes your world your baby world where they plot everything and it most of it freaks you out but they plot everything in it and they weigh your baby and they measure bits of your baby and they plot it on this chart and you don't really know what it means but there's just lines and stuff and as long as the lines are going in the kind of same kind of upward direction it's all right because the baby's growing our boy was basically off the top of the scale at the top of the lines he was in the the top percentile they said so basically he's not only big but he's growing big he's not ironing out he's just getting bigger and bigger this boy we were like, is that good? And they're like, that's fine, that's fine, nothing to freak out. Okay, okay, as long as there's nothing to freak about. But then as we were leaving, one of the guys of the church came and prophesied over us and he said, like, 
Your son is going to be in the 95th percentile. Real life church is going to be like that. It's going to grow big and healthy and strong, just like your boy. And we were like, whoa, at the time I think there was only two or three of us who were going on this church plant. But it was, I tell you these things to say, actually, not only has God got it in his word that he's going to do that to his church, God's spoken to us specifically as a people that God is going to grow us. And if you take a look around, we're five years in. When we started, there were, there were eight of us and a child and two more saying they would come and another child, but that was it. And God has done a miraculous thing amongst us. So we are called to be a large church. The second thing God has called us to be is an influential church. If you read the, the Bible, it is full of stories that God has used men and women in ordinary, everyday kind of situations, just jobs they've been doing to be influential for his kingdom. He's taken men and women who've just been going about what they, you know, what they thought was just their career path in one sense, and God has used them to do incredible things to forward his kingdom. Talk about Joseph, which I've mentioned, we've preached through. Joseph was just a boy in a family, kind of shepherding family. He grows through a whole bunch of things, and what happens to him? Where does he end up? Prime Minister of Egypt, the greatest power in the world at the time and he was second only to the king and they had proper power back then no one hauled them out about their tax returns okay anyone started doing that in the prison they had proper power and Joseph, uh, God used Joseph to save not only the, the nation of Israel it was at the time which was one family it was very small but actually the nations of the world God used him to be influential and you think about Daniel he was a young lad, teenager, dragged off to captivity in a foreign nation, taught foreign languages. His name was changed, his whole identity, they tried to kind of warp it so he wouldn't remember that he was one of the people of God, God's covenant people. God raised him up in that nation to, do, to speak to the king, to be one of the advisors of the king, to the point where the pagan king of that nation ended up praising the God of Daniel. So he praised the God of Daniel because he knew what God, Daniel's God could do, how he could move and how he could change things. Dan was, Daniel's used his great power. What about Queen Esther? Again, a young girl in Persia, again in exile. And God raised her up to be the queen and to speak to the king, put her life on the line, very brave young girl. And what did she end up doing? Saving the Jews who were spread all over that kingdom at the time because they were in exile. And because of her bravery... All the people were saved. She was used. What about Nehemiah? Who again in Persia, he was the cupbearer to the king. He worked in the royal palace. And because he spoke to the king and the king trusted him, he basically said, I want to go back to Jerusalem, God's city, which had been destroyed. The temple had been destroyed. All the people had been running. He said, I want to go back and rebuild it. And the king of Persia says, you can go. Not only are you going to go, I'm going to give you the resources to go and rebuild that city. God used Nehemiah powerfully. And they were just men and women who were just doing their jobs in the power structures of the day. And God used them for his kingdom. And then Jesus comes along and he says to all his followers, what does he say? He says, you shall be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's what you're to be. If you put salt on food, you immediately taste it. Salt brings out flavor. It also preserves, it stops decay. You put the salt in the meat, it stops it going off. That's what they had before they had fridges. That's how they kept the meat from, from going rotten. So salt brings out flavor, it prevents decay. Light shines up, lights up a room, it illuminates things so it, they can be seen clearly. 
that things actually make sense. If you, try, if you go in a darkened room, you know, shadows can look really suddenly really sinister and it turns out to be a coke hook, not a spider, you know, on the wall when you turn the light on. Light shows things up for what they are. It gives direction, it gives clarity. And he says, as, as followers of Jesus, that's what we're to be. Salt and light into the place we are. And wherever you find yourself right now, think about your situation. Think about the home you live in, the people who live in that home. Think about where you go with your days. Tomorrow, are you going to work? Are you doing school runs? Are you with kids? Whatever, whatever social things you've got on in the evening, people you're going to interact with. Think about the strangers you're going to bump into on the commute or in the playground, people you're just going to bump lies with. God has put you there for a reason. God's put you there for a reason, to be influential for his kingdom, to be salt and light. It's not accidents that you're there. And God has called us to be a church that's be influential. One of the key scriptures that I was reading before we came to plant Real Life Church, I was reading my Bible in a year and just going through it. And I came to Jeremiah and there's a bit in uh, Jeremiah that just kind of leapt out at me as I was just reading through the chapters. And it said this in Jeremiah 29, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking to the people of God who are in exile in a foreign land. They're not where they, they should be in terms of in Jerusalem, in Israel, because it's all been destroyed. They're away and they're feeling like, where is God in all this? And he says this to them. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exile who I sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says to them, what, do we do? what are we to do? He says, build houses, live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And I felt God say very strongly as we came to start the church here. And Mel and I, and we brought our little boy to this city. and say, actually, we've come here for the long term. We've come here to settle down. We've come here to build houses. We didn't build a house. We rented, then we bought. And building is way beyond me. But we, I think we kind of covered that one. We bought a house, and we're settling down in the cities. We've had a child in this city. Our youngest, Asher, was born in good hope. He's going to have to be a Villa fan. I mean, it's just one of those things. I'm praying for him. Okay. So we've had a child. We're going to wait until we give them in marriage, till they grow up a little bit. But that's the plan, the long-term plan. It says plant gardens. It's basically work in the city. Work in the city. You know, be a contributor to what's going on. Get a job. Give to the city. Multiply there. Do not decrease. And it says seek the city's welfare. Be good to the community that you're a part of. Good to wherever you find yourself. And we came with that attitude as we came to start the church. As a, as a church, as a people, we want to be a positive influence on the city that we find ourselves. And this is that you can do this on a, a corporate level and you can do it on an individual level. We're all individuals. We all go to particular places that no one else goes to. Particular workplaces, particular social groups. And we can be a positive influence there. We can go there and we can be salt and light and be good in whatever way seems good for that particular situation. We can also be good at influence as a church, as a voice, speaking to the city, saying we love this city, we love the people of this city. And my heart, my prayer, my desire for us as a church is that as we grow and multiply, we would have influence into all areas of the city, whether that's corporately or individually, in areas of education and schooling business, finance, local government and law, arts, music, film, medicine, health, sports, recreation, all these kind of things that we would be making a positive influence. There's a question I remember being 
asked um, by a, a preacher I was listening to and there's a big kind of group of us there listening and he made this comment. He said, think about your churches and there was a whole bunch of a whole different churches, hundreds of there. And he said, if your church disappeared overnight, would anybody miss you? <laughs> it's like, well, I haven't thought about that. And he said, if, if your church disappeared from the community, just like, pew, everyone went, would you be missed? And he said, it doesn't matter, I'm not talking about the people in the church, like if we disappeared, one of the other church members would miss us. No, no. Would the, would the people outside watching miss you? And I found it so arresting, thinking, my goodness, so much of our, 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 kind of our focus can be inward, which isn't bad. We're told to care and love for each other and support and serve each other. Yes. But actually, we're also told to be looking outward and being good outward and caring for others outward. And my heart and my prayer for us as a church is that if we all disappeared overnight... Would those people out there miss us? And it's something to be, be praying to and thinking about it. All right, last one. Reproducing. I believe God has called us to be a reproducing church. Not only large, not only influential, but reproducing. If we look at the model of Jesus, what did Jesus do when he came to earth? He had kind of three and a half years roughly public ministry. He taught, he healed the sick, he did a whole bunch of things. But he took a group of guys... And he trained them. And he trained them and he spent time with them. And then when he died and rose from death, what did he say to them? He said to them, go, you go into all nations and make disciples there. Teach them what I've taught you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He reproduced himself effectively. He trained them up and he said, now I'm going. Going back to heaven. I'm going to send the Spirit. You're going to get that. Send my spirit to be with you, but actually I'm going and you now need to go. You need to go out and do the stuff. And if we follow the story post the ascension of Jesus through the book of Acts, we find a story of multiplication and reproduction as the church grows and grows and multiplies. Even in the face of opposition, the, the death, the murder of Stephen, one of the, the deacons, he's, he's murdered and you think, uh-oh, the church is coming under persecution that is violent and aggressive. And it says if you read Acts, what happens? The church grows the, the believers are scattered to different places they start preaching and a church springs up there there's an example of one of the uh, the apostles paul and barnabas it says in acts chapter 13 if you read it between acts chapter 13 and, and halfway through acts chapter 14 they visit these places they go from cyprus perga antioch in pisidia iconium lister derby and then retrace their steps and each one they plant a church so they go out Plant church, plant church, plant church, plant church. And they come back, checking everything's all right as they go back. It's a story of multiplication and reproduction. Paul's command to his son in the faith, Timothy, in the, the letter he writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.2, easy to remember. He says this, Paul says to Timothy, from what, what, I've, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. So Paul says, what you've heard from me, Timothy, Paul, Timothy, trust a faithful men who will in turn others. That's four levels of kind of reproduction there. I've got something Jesus revealed to me. I'll teach it to you, Timothy. You teach it to those faithful men. They will then in turn teach it to others. There's a reproducing of the truth, the good news of Jesus, the gospel that will go on before that. And I believe God has called us to reproduce as a church, to see men and women saved, to reproduce ourselves so there are other believers. People come to get to know Jesus for themselves, which is exciting. But also to reproduce ourselves as a church. We've been planted. We got started. And my heart and my plan 
is that we in turn will plant other churches. I don't have any, any plans at the moment in terms of where or when. Don't sit there and think, so where? I don't know. I'm just saying that's on our agenda. And the reason I know it is because God said it, but also before we were leaving to plant the church here, we had um, four people come to us on four different occasions to give us a word. Melanie and I said, we felt God saying this, so can you take this away and weigh it? And they all came to us and said, I feel like real life church is going to be like a strawberry plant. You may have heard me talk about this. The strawberry plant. What the heck's a strawberry plant? Well, I know it makes strawberries, but you know, I couldn't care less. I'm not into horticulture or anything like that. And they said, no, it's going to be like a strawberry plant, which means I had to go and look up what a strawberry plant was. And we found out that when you grow a strawberry plant, it makes fruit, which is really nice. And we have it and we make jam and we have it with our scones in the summer and it's all very lovely. But actually what happens is the strawberry plant sends out runners, shoots that come out. The shoots go along the ground. They go into the ground. And then what happens? Where they go into the ground, a new plant is produced. And I'm like, wow, that sounds exciting. And so the new plant then grows and they produce food. And apparently I think the runner can shrivel up sometimes. So they're almost they're separate plants. Sometimes they can stay connected. If you ever see wild strawberries in a clump, it's really hard to see where one starts and one finishes. Because they've got all these runners sticking out and shoots and fruit. And it's quite amazing. And God says, you're going to be like that as a church. And it's something I'm praying about and something saying, God, I want us to grow and multiply and reproduce the church so it's not just us. What you've done doesn't end on us. It ends on others as we get to go out and serve them, start more churches. So I'm in prayer for that. And just by way of finishing this, and then we'll have a quick look at the to-do list and see how we're doing, is um, we had a guy come and visit us uh, about 18 months ago, a prophet that we know, a guy called Julian Adams, who hears God really powerfully, and he's spoken to us as a church some things that we're living with, and we, I found really encouraging just to help us, and I want to remind you of some of those things that he'd said to us, so this is sort of where we're going as a church, and if you're new to us, you'll, you might even see some of them already being worked out, uh, which I think is a great... Um, encouragement so that God is moving and also a response to pray into these things more he said things like this he said uh, the Lord says what's going to mark you out as a church is your ability to worship there's going to be a prophetic anointing on your worship there's going to be a flow of worship that will enrich levels of intimacy and ecstasy that will begin to shape an atmosphere and change the way things are done You'll accomplish more in extended worship than you will in strategic eldership meetings. Get ready to become a worshipping church. I find that so exciting because we've had so many times as a church where we've just had some time of worship after the sermon and we've, you know, God's spoken and we've said we pray for people and God has done something in people's lives. We've seen people healed, we've seen people saved, we've seen people set free, worked through forgiveness, incredible things. We've, God has blessed us with musicians who are absolutely fantastic and God has blessed us with a church who want to worship and want to meet Jesus together. So awesome things. Another thing, you won't be surprised about this one, it made us laugh when he said it. He said, the thing that's going to mark this church is there's going to be a significant children's work and there's going to be a move of God amongst your children. Are you ready for that? I'm excited about that. One of our biggest fears when we came to plant this church was that our only child, Levi, would be the only kid in the church and it would be horrible for him and he'd grow up hating God and hating us for dragging on a church plant because he had no friends and no one his age and it was just it was something that we just we lived in kind of as parents. We want to be obedient to God but this is going to be really hard for us. And guess what happened? 
we've got a children's world where we're, we're, we're run amok with kids, boys and girls, and it's absolutely wonderful. So God is doing wonderful things. And what we felt this year, if you want to pick up this, one of these should be on the a chair near you. Grab this. What we wanted to do each year, we kind of put together a few things. This is where God specifically has kind of called us to act in and to help us move towards our goal, to tell people about Jesus, but to become large, influential, reproducing, to do some things for his kingdom. And uh, this is what we're doing this year. I want to give us a quick update. I won't go through all of them, but I'll kind of update on things I can update at this point. First one, uh, celebrate our fifth birthday. Who was here for that? We had our fifth birthday back in January. It was five years pretty much the day when we had our first public meeting. We had an excellent time uh, there. We celebrated. We packed this place out. We had people telling stories of what God had done. It was absolutely awesome. There is a video that some people made, um, behind that, that's on a Facebook page. If you want to go and look at that on the Real Life Church Facebook page, you can just watch the video. It's a few minutes long. Gives a little bit of a flavour of what's happened in the last few years. Absolutely excellent. In that period of time, the last five years, we've met in three different venues. We began the guaranteed first meeting. I can guarantee eight adults and a child in that meeting. And we now regularly have 120, 130 people turn up. So God has done amazing things amongst us. Lots to celebrate there. Host some courses, it says there. That was a little bit kind of vague. We wanted to cover a bunch of things. Freedom in Christ. We finished that a few months back with the Steps to Freedom. Finished a course. We had about 50 people went through that. That was awesome. I'm actually doing a mop-up course this afternoon for a few people who missed the Steps to Freedom want to go through it again. So that was an excellent course. Mike and Sarah will be looking to run one later in the year. If you want to get on Freedom in Christ, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've got an alpha course where there is one week left which is tomorrow night. So we're running an alpha course. Uh, Melanie's been running that in our home with a bunch of people helping out. We've had one person become a Christian on that. We've had many more meet Jesus, have their questions, answers when they did the Holy Spirit. We even had three of those people come and visit us on church on a Sunday morning and kind of just get a bit more of what we're about, what Jesus is about. We've had loads of people involved in telling their stories and actually doing some of the talks. Becky, Jax, Philip, Ness and Taz have all been involved in that, just helping that run and it has been a fantastic time. And Dave and Haley have been really helpful and helped cook for some of the evenings. So it's been a brilliant course there. Please be in prayer for the last night tonight, which is kind of almost like a where do we go mop up and, and ending of the course. We've had a marriage course. Uh, that we've run with uh, one couple done it, which we've finished. Another one started with two more couples on it, wanting to go through the marriage course material, and there's one more in the pipeline coming up. So we've done a whole bunch of stuff like that, people growing um, in, in their walk with Jesus, which is brilliant. Baptized follower of Jesus. Who was here on Easter Sunday? We did that. We baptized four, Mark, Matt, Sam, and Ness. All got wet over here where we had the, uh, the baptistry. It was great to hear their stories about what God had done in their life, which was fantastic just to hear people who's transformed by Jesus. We got to baptize them, hear their story. We had a brilliant time there. Um, we're planning another one. So if you want to get baptized, you haven't, please come and talk to myself or Melanie about that and we'll get you hooked up and we'll find another date and want to baptize some more people who say they want to follow Jesus. Fantastic. Uh, let's go to Make a Big Noise for Easter. Messy Easter. 120 children we had of that plus their families probably a couple hundred people in here in there in here and there which if you were there it was like whoo a lot of people a lot of stuff a lot of mess loads of people served we had so many good comments that we tried to collect as people left think people said things like they couldn't believe it was free 
Thank you so much for all of you who give to Real Life Church because we finance that. We financed that to bless the community and we laid it all on and said, you come with your kids and it's on us and just enjoy that. And they couldn't believe that we put on such a quality event and we hadn't asked them for anything. So we don't want your money. We just, just come and be blessed. We love you. God loves you. God gave us everything. We're just giving something back to you. They loved the fact that it was about Jesus at Easter. The theme was Jesus, my BFF. Best friend forever. And all our crafts kind of linked to that. They love that. They love the fact that we were just doing something for the community and just said, come along and enjoy it, being a blessing to them. Um, so it was a, a brilliant time there. We also had the Easter Sunday celebration, which I've mentioned with the, um, the baptisms and, and loads of guests came along. We got to celebrate Jesus alive. That was just fantastic. So I think, I think if, you're, if, you've got, if you're actually ticking some of these off, I think make a big noise at Easter. Is, a, is worth a tick on that one. I think we did a great job there. Be good to our community. This is kind of just a general thing that we want to say. We want to be a positive effect, a positive influence on the community around us. Some of the things we're doing, uh, we've got the food bank that we collect for in Erlington every Sunday. This is a wonderful illustration here that people have donated food. It goes out on the email kind of every week, sort of what they're after. We ask people maybe just put one or two items in extra in your shop bring it here on a Sunday, it all gets transported and serves those who have way less uh, than we do. We collect that up every Sunday. 18th of June, coming up, we've got the Boldmere Music Festival where we're going to unleash our musicians and just play and have fun, which is on the high street in Boldmere, not far from here. Uh, we run Knit Night, uh, thurs third Thursday of the month on the deli on Boldmere High Street. Fliss runs that uh, just to serve the community. We've got the Sutton Games coming up. Put this date in your diary, 9th and 10th of July, just over there in the, uh, the Leisure Centre. After, I think it was the Commonwealth Games that were in Glasgow, Glasgow, wherever that was, a few years back, out of it, they decide these community events where they called them the something games, depending on where you live. For us, it's Sutton Games. And the idea was to invite all the local community groups that did sporting physical things to come together and invite the community to come and just see what's available. Just come and see the event and get involved. Promote fitness, promote community. And the one in Sutton Coalfield has basically gone from strength to strength over the last few years. It's been running. I'm, I'm fairly sure, because I got told this, that it's the largest of its kind in the UK. Of all the, the, the gamesy things that come out, it has about 5,000 people go through the, the gates. It's all free. It's all, there. it's all been run on volunteers. They've got some sponsorship. And this year, um, we've said, can we come along? And we promote stuff. We're going to promote our kids' work and do some activities and things and that and just be there and be there, put our banners up. Our band said they're going to play and play some music and basically make a nice noise and bless everyone who comes. So that's going to be there, which we'd love to just be a presence in that place. So we're really excited to do that, be part of what's going on in the community anyway and just kind of add our weight behind it and saying we love this, we love the community, we love the people here. So we're going to be doing that. Um, record some of our songs. You skip down a few. Um, Phil tells me they've got a studio lined up. They're looking in August to do some recording. They're going to get some of their session musicians to plan some stuff. We've got some of our musicians who are going to do some, some, of, some of our homegrown songs that we sing here on a Sunday. You may not realize it, but we sing songs that come from kind of other churches and places around the world. But we sing some of our songs that have been written by people here, and they're really good. And if you just come and sing the songs, you wouldn't actually know because they're so good. They all kind of, they're all good, the ones we sing. All right, and so what we want to do is take some of our songs that have been written by our talented musicians and, and create them into a, what do you call them? A track, is that the right word? 
That's it. Yeah, she's nodding. Good. That's it. You know what it is. So you can, you, so you can have it. I get lost at this point. It gets technical. We, we want to record the songs so you can download them and you can listen to them and worship in the car as well as being able to get some of the other ones we sing. So we're really excited about that. That's again, is a response to the prophetic that God has said about the anointing on our worship and the anointing on our team and our musicians. So we're really excited about moving forward for that. Um, what's next for our venue? We're still asking and praying God about guidance because if you notice, we're getting bigger. More and more people are coming in here. When we start the meeting, there's people kind of standing at the back because they can't see the seats at the front that are empty and it's a bit, which is fine, it's good, but we, we need to get to a place where we can get more people in here or move or what something. We don't know what that is, so we're praying. So please be in prayer for that. We pray that kind of in our prayer meeting always comes up just to keep saying to God, God, come on. What do you want for us next? Because you're blessing us and we need a place to fit us all in well. The, 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 the squeeze really for us is the children out the back because we've got so many children. And now young people, we have a youth group, which is just brilliant. But the youth group get the, the raw deal. They get stuck out over there by the kitchen. And we've got two rooms for the kids and nowhere for the crash. So we're just praying, please be in prayer for that. God, where do you want us next? Um, appoint elders I've had conversations with Andy Martin Andy and Heather who oversee us and we're starting to move that forward nothing much more to say but that is there is stuff going on on that please be in prayer for us that fun run for the Jericho Foundation I'm going to look around hands up who signed up to actually run in the fun run thank you Neil oh yes Matt put that hand up higher be proud thank you brilliant so some of us here, and there are more, we've got a team that we're going to put into the fun run. I think it's one of the largest community events in the, the calendar in this town. 7,000 runners, plus as many people come out and watch. We're going to uh, raise money for the Jericho Foundation, which is a foundation that works with uh, young people to get them employed and skilled and, and into work. And I've seen Josh and Lon- there. Wave at me, Josh. Josh works for them. Um, works for the foundation and Helen's here she also works for the foundation where's she there she's at the back sorry they work for the foundation so we know a little bit about what they do with Connect we just want to raise some money for them so there'll be a bunch of us running in it what I would say to you as a church is this I'd love everyone to be involved you can be involved in one of three ways one you can run which of course for most of you like really give me another way you can come and cheer that's a lot more easeable come and cheer us as some of us are running and the third one is if you could give or ask your friends to sponsor us. The website, the giving website should go live this week. I'll send you a link. But that's what we want to do. We want to raise a bunch of money for them. The fun runs on the Sunday, the 5th of June. Uh, we won't be meeting here as a church. Because one, we'll be running and cheering. And two, they run literally along that road. So you can't get in here anyway. And we felt, can't beat them, let's join them. So we're going to be all out there cheering and that. So there'll be no uh, meeting there. Next one, um, a Catalyst Festival and New Day. The Catalyst Festival is a camp, part of the group of churches we're a part of, the Catalyst Network, part of New Frontiers. Um, and there is a, a festival on the 28th to 31st of May, which is the bank holiday weekend. We basically go away as a church. There's no Sunday meeting then. We're all camping. And it's not far from here. It's in the showground, National Agricultural Showground, just outside Coventry. And we camp there. So far from this church, as far as I'm aware, is about 60 of us booked in, men, women, and children. What we do as a church is we basically ask you to book in, bring your tents, come to the campsite. We we book as a church, book a marquee, catering staff, and all the food, and we basically feed you um, there. So that's, you haven't got to worry about that. What then happens is we invite all the other churches, and about 3,500 of them turn up, and they lay on a festival for us to enjoy. And there's kids' work, and youth work, and events, and seminars, and teaching, and worship, and 
Very exciting stuff. If you haven't booked in, please book in. Who has booked in? Who has booked in their families? You are wise and godly people. Thank you. So we've done it the last few years. It's been fantastic. And then in August, um, the youth group take, or the youth team take a youth group to New Day, which is a similar kind of thing, but only teenagers. I don't know if the number's right, but there's about 7,000 teenagers. Is that about, that's about right? Can you imagine that? 7,000 teenagers in one place with a minimal adult ratio. Just saying. But our youth team go and they have a fantastic time and they meet with God and they get saved and they fill filled the spirit. And so we're doing that uh, there. Uh, more news and that's it follows. I think we're done on the to-do list for now. Is that exciting stuff? God is moving amongst us. God is doing stuff. God is, is moving us to what he said he was going to do. And kind of as we finish now and we emphasize, can the band come up and get ready? We're going to worship for a bit. I want to just remind us actually where we started it's all about him it's all about Jesus our heart our desire is for people to come to know Jesus for themselves we want to bless people we want to love them but also we want to get to know Jesus it's not about making us big or impressive or great it's about saying it's all about Jesus and responding to what he says to us and if he says go over here we go over there and if he says go back over there we go back over there and all we're trying to do as we walk through this is saying Jesus where do you want us next what do you want us to do next? And we walk step by step into what he's called us to. All the time saying it's all about you, praying his promises back to him. Uh, and I want to leave it there. So do you want to stand up? And I'm just going to pray. And then Matt and the guys are going to lead us on with whatever's next. Now you want to close your eyes. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that church was your idea. Lord, I want to thank you that even this little expression of church was your idea. It was nothing kind of to do with us, Lord. This was formed in your heart before the foundations of this world were laid in place. Lord God, you saw us here now doing what we're doing. Lord, I thank you for how you've spoken to us and led us as a people. I thank you for how you graciously poured out your spirit upon us as a people. I thank you for those whose lives you've transformed as part of this church, those who came involved at the beginning, those who've joined since, those who've been saved, those who've been set free, those who've been forgiven, those who've been healed. All those things, Lord, we want to say, God, you are awesome. You are mighty, and we want to give you all the glory, Lord. And as we look to the future and the things that we think you said and the things we want to follow and all the things we've planned out, God, we pray, do it for your glory. Lord God, cause us to grow to be a large, influential, reproducing church so many, many people get to see how wonderful and great you are. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.